Welcome to Dashway Talks, a show powered by Dashway Consulting, a China-based strategic market research company founded in 2010. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Aurelien Regard. I'm the co-founder and vice president of IT Consultis. I'm from France. I've been in China and started this uh, adventure nine years ago. So IT Consultis is a digital transformation company uh, with a team of 80 people um, in three countries, which are China, Singapore, and Vietnam. Uh, so we are helping Fortune 500 and uh, fast-scaling startups to work on their digital transformation. Uh, it can range from e-commerce, from building mini programs, uh, from building website, APPs, integrating systems together, or overall work as a consultant on their digital transformation initiatives. What are the main requests during and after the COVID lockdown? Well, I mean, what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of people do believe that China is like fully digitally transformed. Uh, they believe this because they see that there is like a deep penetration of, you know, like the, all the ecosystem, you know, like a, like a huge usage of, you know, like the WeChat, the Alipay, the JD and so on. But there is like a big war right now on traffic ownership, where basically brands are really struggling to at the same time survive and like gathering the data of, of their users. So that's why the concept of private traffic, which has never been used in the past, suddenly came in 2019, where brands, you know, like finally they did understand that like the more money they were investing, basically they were having a negative, you know, like revenue. So they were losing money on any kind of growth that they were having. So like you're always looking for growth. I mean, in this period of time, you're looking more like to survive, but looking for, you know, like growth, they didn't understand that if basically they wanted to find other channels, they needed to go back to basically, you know, like private traffic and private traffic was made, you know, like more easier with basically the WeChat and the mini program, because before without the mini program, you didn't have that channel, you know, it's not tomorrow, you're not going to bring everybody on a website. Website is still, you know, like important, but then, you know, it's hard to drive, you know, like people on, on a website, unless, you know, like they're already, you know, like fan of your brand and they want to see, okay, like this particular car, that particular car. So brands that have like certain levels should always have, you know, like a website. But what really made the difference is like really the capability within the WeChat mini program ecosystem to have the APIs for brands to be represented and to have like the full ownership of their traffic. And this is this has been the major, major change. In early 2090, when we did an interview with you, you said that the keyword for 2090 would be omnichannel. How does it look like for the first quarter of 2020? Well, I would say that um, that's interesting that you remind me this. Uh, uh, it is definitely omnichannel. It is definitely headless. Um, I would say that the keyword for the end of 2019 was really private traffic. Um, so there was like a little bit of a change, you know, like between omnichannel and basically private traffic is kind of like englobing, you know, like the, the, the entire ecosystem, the entire omnichannel ecosystem. And what I believe is that, yes, it's going to push, you know, like more and more in that direction. Brands are still going to go to Timo. Uh, brands are still going to, you know, like go on all those marketplaces and they should, they should do it. Um, they should as well, like make sure that they have like good ownership and at least, you know, like a specific percentage, maybe 10 to 30% of their users coming on their platforms 
to make sure that they have like a deep connection that at some point they get into a fight with the category manager of Alibaba. They just don't drop their sales to zero from one day to the other. I think that's something that we have seen over the past. Um, and so like Omnichannel is still going to be here. Private traffic is going to be important. O2O, which was like probably three or four years ago, is still, is still very relevant. So this is going to continue, but the most important is really the digital transformation that we have seen that has been operated. And what's interesting is that B2B is really leading the charge right now. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, like B2B brands in, you know, like some very specific, you know, industrial ecosystem that are like largely uh, investing. They're working through distributors. And the problem is that, you know, like they're entering like a Chinese market where Okay, you know, like they have their products that are, you know, like dropped, you know, containers here. And then, of course, they're doing all the marketing, they're doing all the branding. But then comes, you know, the black box where they're going to have like one distributor, second layer of distributor. And then they, then they have, you know, the Alibaba ecosystem. And like basically those two are kind of like black boxes. So trying to make sense of, you know, like what the users want, you know, like how they can adapt their strategy, their pricing points, and how, you know, like they can build like some loyalty program and some deeper connection with their users and with their fans. And that's something that, you know, like we've never seen in the past. And that's something where we see a lot of players are really investing into, you know, like that particular area. And they need to find ways, you know, to create those connections because they're not made easy. So there's not like a magic formula where you're going to say, hey, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm a distributor, I'm a brand here, and I want to target somebody that is here, like that is going through five layers of ownership. And I, I have the opportunity to reach this person. So there is no, you know, like magical, like solution here. There's no magic potion to make it happen. So it's a laborious and really a step-by-step -step approach using, you know, like CRM, marketing automation, content, uh, frictionless user experience. So it can be APP, it can be, you know, mini programs. So there's many, many ways to, to do it. Uh, overall, I, and using and leveraging as well distributors as well is something that is, that is important. But uh, that's really what we see as a huge opportunity when it comes to, uh, to digital uh, in 2020. In the West, we see that CRM companies like Salesforce or Zoho can be able to expand massively and be titans in their industry. What CRM players are big in China? Uh, first of all, we need to remember that uh, it seems that um, we're going to have Salesforce coming to China um, supposedly July 2021. So, of course, like if things are not, you know, like move forward, you know, like politically or with, you know, like the virus, so we never know when things are really going to happen. So I think it is safe to say that, you know, like those big players are going to come to China at some point. But China has not wait uh, to create their own ecosystem. And you get a lot of uh, startups that have been backed up by both Alibaba and Tencent. One of them is Xiaoshui, uh, which is like a CRM that is like, I think, backed up by Tencent that is working pretty well. Uh, and then you get a few ones that are backed up by Alibaba. So each of them is kind of like supporting their ecosystems together and kind of like blocking the other one from from their own ecosystem. So I think it's something that is interesting. And I'm you know like very curious to see because Salesforce has a partnership with Alibaba. 
And so they have announced already, you know, like they're going to launch in the summer 2021. So I'm very curious about how this partnership is going to influence basically the opportunity for, you know, like Tencent and the mini program to connect with this, because we've seen over the past that, you know, like they've tried to really silo those ecosystems. So I think there's going to be a very interesting conversation, but clearly there are a lot of, you know, like B2B players here on the market and that are very strong, but as well, I know, you know, a lot of brands that are you know, using Salesforce globally that are just waiting for one thing. It's like when Salesforce is coming here, then like we're going to use, you know, potentially Salesforce commerce and Salesforce, you know, uh, here in China to kind of like replicate what we have done, you know, globally and to make things easier in terms of maintenance, in terms of programming and so on. So I think 2021 is going to be an interesting year uh, to see if, you know, companies uh, will want to resist and continue leveraging and using what they've been developing for years or if they will say, okay, like, let's follow what Global is saying. And we've seen, of course, in China, a lot of resistance, you know, like to have, you know, like the full ownership of, you know, like the strategy and the governance uh, of, of the country for, the, for those, uh, you know, like for those brands. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Any questions? We will find an expert to answer them. Drop your questions in the comments or send us an email, dx at dashwayconsulting.com.